Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. The Graveyard Riddle, chapter 39. We only have nine, 40. We only have three chapters left. Oh, that's just adorable. Yes. Okay. Peyton's wearing a hat, and then she put a hat on top of that, and that's what I said. That looks a... She has a bucket hat on, and then she put, like, a vacation sun hat on. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, ready? Graveyard Riddle, chapter 39. We only have three chapters left. How sad. But at the last chapter, we get to know what her dad wrote her. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, ready? Because I kind of sneak... I didn't read it, but I looked at the back to see, and it was in there. Mom! I was annoyed! All right, whatever. Whoever did, I didn't read it. I didn't read any of it. I just saw that it yeah, was the right. same writing. Swear, didn't read any of it. Scout's honor. And you're almost a Girl Scout. I say almost because we got to finish doing your troop. <laughs> okay, ready? Chapter 39. We got to Chestnut Clothes just as everyone was coming back from the big graveyard cleanup. Mum, Sue, and Sheila were heading towards us. So Sheila, I think, is Matt's mom, and Sue is Jake's mom. No, I think Sheila is, um... I know, but Sheila Matt's might be, um... It might be Jack's... No, Jake's Jake's she... Ah, crumbum. Maybe you're right. I don't even know. Okay, anyways. Where have you all been, said Sue. Brian said you'd gone off to town. What's going on, Melody, Mum said. She looked at Hal and then back at, back at us. I was right, because it is, because Brian is Jake's dad. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, I felt like I wanted to curl up in her arms, hearing about Hal's mom had been so upsetting. Melody, she said. She looked worried. Mom, this is Hal. I really need to talk to you. I said. She saw my face and immediately held her arms out. I walked over and rested my cheek against her chest as she wrapped her arms around me and stroked my hair. I bit my lip as I saw Hal watching. I was so lucky to have my mom right here. Let's go in and I'll put a kettle on, shall we? That's what Jake said. I, she's, Jake, I smiled at Jake and he raised his eyebrows in a, I told you so kind of way. Sue, Sheila, do you fancy a cuppa? Oh, that's cute. A cuppa, like a cup of tea, I think. Said mum, I think these three might have something to tell us. How? Why don't you join us? He smiled and nodded as we all headed towards my house. There was a rumbling sound as Mr. Charles emerged from the pathway, pushing Teddy in a wheelbarrow. Teddy, holding on one side with a big grin on his face. Casey was following them, dragging a large green canvas bag full of garden tools. She She was red in the face and looked very, very fed up. Just then, a shiny black car drove onto the street. It's Mummy, called Teddy, because <laughs> I think it's a little kid. He waved madly as the car pulled up outside number 11. It looked like Melissa Dawson was back to collect her children. Matthew stopped. I'll be back in a minute, he said to me. Let me help you with that, Casey, he said, taking, up the, taking the heavy bag and putting it over his shoulder. He looked up and gave me a wink. My stomach turned over. Dad's letter. He was still going to try and get it for me. When we got home, I told Mum, Sue, and Sheila all about the finding, all about finding Hal in the plague house. I saw Mum's 
Mum pressed her lips together. I'm sure she was shocked that I hadn't said any of this to her. I told them that Hal had said he worked for the M18 and was investigating a stolen necklace and stalking out a criminal. I told them that we moved him to number one so he wouldn't be found. And then we'd, and then the revelation that we'd only just discovered ourselves. It was all made up and he had nowhere to go. I left the living room talking quietly. I could hear the words police and social worker. How? Because they have to. They can't have somebody's kid. What if he's kidnapped? They'll, go to, they'll all go to jail. They have to. Hal was sitting in the kitchen by he's Frankie's... But we don't know what's, what... Nobody knows he exists. Okay. Hal was in the kitchen sitting by Frankie's bed, gently stroking his back. He hadn't said much apart from affirming his, confirming his address to mum and saying that his own mum was called Helen Vincent. How, I switched the kettle on for more tea. What do you think is going to happen to him? I whispered to Jake. Matthew's mum's talking about phoning the police... Fortunately, he Hal couldn't hear us over the boiling kettle. He doesn't have a name? No, his name's Hal. Then why's his mom's name Helen Vincent? Helen is the mother and Hal. Oh. I guess they'll call social I guess they'll get social services involved. He said they'll know what to do. Don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'll put I'll put some mugs on the kitchen counter and then Mum came in. Oh, I put some mugs on the kitchen counter and then Mum came in. Why don't you talk to me? Why didn't you talk to me, Melody? She said, I could have helped you and Hal. We all looked at him, but he seemed to be more interested in Frankie's velvet ears than listening to us. I'm sorry, Mom, I said. She gave my arm a squeeze, but I could see the hurt on her face. I just can't believe that no one knows he exists, said Jake. It's mad. What about when he was born? He turned around. He turned around. Hal, do you know when your birthday is? 12th of September, said Hal, looking up. I was born in the flat 15 years ago. Mom said that she was all on her own at the time. Surely somebody knew that he had been born, I said. What about his vaccinations when he got ill? Jake shrugged his shoulder. I guess his mom was so determined that she made it happen, he said. Mom poured the boiling water into the tea bags, and I got the milk out of the fridge. Melody Bird's, Melody Bird's mom, said Hal. Will I be staying with you or Jake or Matthew? He suddenly seemed to have lost about 10 years in age. Oh, so he was acting like a, like a little kid. Let's like just five. see what happens, shall we? Said mom brightly. Yeah. We need to make a few phone calls first. Do you want something to eat? Some soup? Chocolate brownies? The plastic tub from the big graveyard cleanup was on the side with one solitary brownie left inside. What's a brownie? Hal said, looking confused. Have you never eaten one before? said Jake. He grinned and grabbed the the tub, pulling the lid off with a pop. You are in for a treat. These are incredible and nut-free. <laughs> Hal smiled and took a brownie. He smiled. His smile expanded even more when he had a bite. Mum took the tray of tea into the living room and I followed. Someone from the station is coming over now, said Sheila, and social services will be sending someone too. Melody Love, said Mum. You know Hal can't stay here, don't you? I felt a lump forming in my throat. I know, I said. It's just, I'm the only person that he knows in the world who he knows. What's, go- what's he going to do? When the police and the social worker arrived, Mum told Jake that he needed to go home and that I should wait in my room. I sat on my bed, trying to listen to what was going on downstairs, but all I could hear was muffled voices. Mum came up at 6 o'clock to say that Hal was leaving and then I could go downstairs to say goodbye. He, he was going to a temporary foster care until the whereabouts of his mum could be established. And what if she's too unwell? What if they can't find her? 
I don't know, darling, she said. I guess he'll stay in foster care. We could look after him if we don't move, I said. We've got a spare room. He can come to school with us. He's so nice, Mom. You'd really like him. Mom sighed. I'm sure I would, Melody, but it's just not allowed. We're strangers, not family. She reached out and put her hand on my shoulder. Come on, come downstairs and say goodbye, she said. I could feel tears building up behind my eyes. I really didn't want to cry in front of Hal. I wanted him to leave feeling safe and that everything was going to be all right. Hal was standing by the front door, his rucksack over his shoulders. It looked like I'm not staying here after all, Melody Bird, he said. His face was crumbled with a frown. They're, they're taking me to someone's house. Apparently, they're a very nice couple. I could tell he was really nervous. I'm sorry, Hal, I said. I'm sorry you can't stay here. It's not allowed. He dropped his gaze. A small tear escaped through the crease of his eye. I'm sorry I lied to you, he said. I don't think I even realized what I was doing. I smiled. You'll make a brilliant author one day, I said. My throat caught and I let out a small sob. It was enough to make, to make me start crying. It had been a pleasure to know you, Hal, I said. Hal looked up and smiled through his own tears. I've enjoyed every single second of being in your company, Melody Bird, he said. And then he turned and went through the door. I, you know what I hope? I hope that the couple doesn't have kids and they really want a kid. And then they live in the neighborhood kind of and then they all go to the same school. How wonderful would that be? Yeah.